The Pulse WB Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. I am your host, John Fowler. John Sandy, in the house today. In the house. In the house. Hey, you're in the rocks today. I'm in the rock. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the cliff. rock. Hey, we got a cliffhanger for you today. <laughs> that's really good. Where's that come from? Just so fast. Cliff, yeah. Yeah, cliffhanger. I know. Yeah. You know, I don't know too many people. Do you know people. Cliff? Do you know Cliff? I don't know very many Cliffs. I mean, do you? I mean, like with really? the name Cliff. Right. I mean, really, I don't know very it's usually many. Usually short for Clifford or Clifford. Yeah, yeah. but wasn't there Clifford the dog? I remember Clifford the dog. <laughs> now that was Smutley. Oh, Smutley. Okay. That's Smutley, but that's the same. <laughs> I, I would say the person who did his voice had to smoke. Wouldn't you think? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Something with the emphysema area. Yeah, I would say at least. <laughs> I but, did respiratory, you know. So I oh, so you I, know. I know this stuff. Yeah, Christy and I were in, uh, where were we over the weekend? Down at Carter Caves. Yes. And so the picture that's back in there today is uh, is one of the caves that we walked through. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just really pretty. And I mean, really I loved nice. it. Yeah, very nice uh, three and a half mile hike and through the woods and up the rocks and you know and we're just always thankful that god keeps us safe and we have a lot of fun doing it it's a lot of fun well i know you get a chance to do that fairly often so you must must really enjoy it and i guess she does too she's not just doing because she has to i guess well you know. she doesn't christy doesn't like to hike in the summertime because we did see that snake one time and it freaked her out mm-hmm. and so we don't go and <clears throat> we don't go and until it turns cold again and and uh, which I like, I like hiking in the summer. It doesn't bother me. And, uh, you know, cause you just watch out, you know, I learned in flying <clears throat> and that's what I told Christy. I said, you have to scan like a parking lot. You know, it's like people go through Walmart parking lot flying, you know, with their cars and, you know, God forbid a kid run out in front of you or something like that. So I learned and learned this through flying. You scan right to left, right to left. It's a constant thing. And uh, so when you do that, that keeps you from hitting potholes and tripping over sticks and rocks and snakes and birds and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, I take this little path home close to our house. There's a little footbridge. And every time I go through that little narrow path, I think of you and that hike we saw the snake. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you ever, you ever seen a snake outside uh, yeah, like I that? I killed a baby snake. Uh, one day in my sister's backyard. What kind was it? It was I don't know. It was black, but I don't know if it was an actual black snake. But it was black. Well, if it was black, it had to be a black snake. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, you being an artist like you are, black is black, right? Well, I figured maybe being a baby, <laughs> all the markings don't show up yet. Maybe if it's something else. Do you know that <clears throat> I've read about copperheads and and different things, and they actually. A, a copperhead doesn't have more poison than an adult does. They just don't know how to control it. People say that a baby snake is more poisonous. It's just they don't know when to shut it off. Is that what the difference is? Yeah, but see, sometimes also that a snake sometimes will dry bite. They will not necessarily. Like a dry, like a dry run? Yeah, they will not necessarily, uh, you know, shoot venom into you. But they'll do it. It'd be a dry, it'd be a dry bite, and so why do they do that? Well, you want that. I know you yeah, want you it. Yeah, you definitely want. But what I don't, causes them to do that? I've never asked. <laughs> I, I've never asked them. Yeah. But you know, but it's like, how do people know that? So you know, obviously, if you're going to know that, somebody's going to have to play with a snake to get them to do that. It's like, oh, okay, it bit me once, and I'm sicker than a dog. Oh, then I let it bite me over here, and. Uh, you know, well, this it, time, it had to have been a dry bite. 
So we'll call it that, honey. Write that down. Dry bite. Dry bite. No swelling. No swelling. Didn't die. Not dying. Yeah. I don't know. Paul did it well. You know when he. Oh, he knew. Do you think you could do that, or do you think you'd be running to the hospital? Um. If if something like that happened. Well, you know, John, it kind of goes with my topic today, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's coming or shaking. Are you shaken? You can you shake it off? I, I think you should change the name. Okay. Are you shaken or stirred? Ooh. Yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are you shaken or stirred? <laughs> it's really good. Just a second here. <laughs> Get my <pen> out. <laughs> Y'all, are you going to use it? <laughs> change it. Our no. lesson for the day. <laughs> Are you shaken or stirred? Are you, Are you hungover or sober? Cynthia you know? says if you don't stir it, it won't stink. Well, which a lot of a lot of church people would have done that over the years, but it seemed like they like to stir it. No doubt about it. Welcome to the John John Show. Absolutely, so glad to have Excited you to tuned throw that in. in there, so they know. Yeah, glad to have you tuned in <laughs> to the Pulse WV Live and Network that beats to the heart of God. One of the things that we're really excited about, and yes. John Sandy's working on a few things too, but we happen to have on the screen Frankie the Honeybee. That is the front of the book that I was able to write 15 years ago and then just now getting it published and it is now on Amazon for $11.99. And if you want to hear and watch and see the journey of Frankie the Honeybee, I encourage you to purchase that book so that you can um, enjoy what faith is and how God helps yeah, Frankie. wonderfully illustrated and delightful. And I think there's more things coming with this book as well as other things you're working on. Now, you actually wrote the book twice. Yeah, I did. Thanks to uh, <laughs> thanks to Cynthia's mother, who I loved dearly and still do to this day. But uh, you know, it's really crazy because we were sitting on the back deck at the house in Polka, uh, where we used to live. That's a place for those who don't know. And so we're out sitting on a table. It's P-O-C-A. You're sitting on a table? We're, so, we're sitting in chairs around the table. Okay, you said you're sitting and, on a table. And Virginia so. just decides that she wants to take this project on her own. You mean Helen? Or I was Helen. Yeah, was, your mom's Virginia. Yes, this uh-huh. would have been Helen. So, And so Helen decided, I meant to say Helen, but I said yeah. Virginia. So the so she ends up taking the taking the script home with her i guess didn't she yeah according to you she was going to do some changes for you yeah she was going to do some changes and uh and we're all looking at john going you you did what yeah you and i never it saw it again and for the longest well, we never time, saw her again i, I mean, know it's like i don't know where she's yeah so anyway i went to we were at the beach in in april of 2023. That's mm. been this past. So I haven't mm. been since, so don't rub it oh, in. Oh, he hasn't know? been to Florida. Hey, guys. He's been to Florida. Everybody listening? No. He hasn't been to Florida s- since April. No, we're not yeah. talking about in 17. We're talking about this year. Yeah. it's just April, been, bless his heart. It's just been a busy month. I mean, busy year. So. It's a good thing you made a copy and gave me a backup. And he lost it. <laughs> So so I have a copy, and I give it to John. He's lost it. I asked him, I don't know how many times, and I get this look. I've looked. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I sat down in at the at the beach in April and reread it. You did. And uh, God helped me. And so anyway, it's a journey of Frankie the Honeybee that we encourage you to uh, to go on to Amazon and, uh, and purchase the book for $11.99. And... 
you will thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, it's a wonderful life lesson um, with Christian values. And I assume this is going to be like a series of Frankie. There is there is going to be two other sequels to this, and uh, that I'm going to work on once this one gets. once this gets going, let me mm-hmm. let me just kind of read you about Frankie. This is the yes. on, this is on the back of the book. Frankie is a honeybee seeking help from God to fulfill his mission of spreading sweetness to a bitter world. The challenge was Frankie couldn't fly. With help from his guardian angel Ace and his unwavering belief in God, Frankie learns to fly and fulfill his purpose. Yeah. And that is Frankie the Honeybee. And uh, so it's on Amazon, and we encourage you to stop by and check it out. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, did you get your copy yet? Well, you want a free one, aren't you? I don't uh, know how I'm, you are. You're wanting a free one. I'm waiting for the free signing day when you travel and you do free, you give away books and you sign them. Giveaway? Who said give them away? <laughs> get away, Jordan. No, I'm, Jordan, I'll, Jordan. I'll give away an autograph, but you know. It's, <laughs> yeah. I do have people that uh, that yeah. have already texted me and said, "Hey, you know, I bought your book and I want you to sign it for me." And I just think awesome. that's just really, awesome. really a neat thing. <clears throat> that's awesome. Yeah, it really is. I, I give God glory on it. Yeah, I am. Well, you say it on enough, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do give God glory for it. John knows how to. Say, he's a minister. He knows how to say things that sound good, you know. And then when you get along with him, it's like <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> That is not true. People in Germany that are watching are probably saying, man, he's really arrogant. That's who not I've, been, I've been told that. You've been told? Oh, I've been told everything. You have? You've heard it all. Mm-hmm. I really think you have, literally. I've been told I what I am and who I am and where I can go. <laughs> where, where, where you came from. <laughs> where I came from. Where I can go. I've been told that before, you know. <laughs> have you been there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just been lied on and cheated. Yeah. Talked about, mistreated, mm. <laughs> abused, scorned. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a truth, brother. That's a truth. truth. No, yeah, no doubt about it. John Sandy, John, yeah, him too. You got me all tore up. John Sandy is starting a brand new series uh, called uh, "There's Coming a Shaking." Yes. And um, the yeah. neat thing about this is you've already taught this. Uh, at uh, the Connect Group in yeah. Gasaway. Yeah, every uh, Sunday morning at 10 a.m. I do a program, a series starting at 10 a.m. We'd love to have you join us. We're working on a we're working on the end of this actually. Oh, okay. <coughs> that would have me out of whack because if you're starting it here first and mm-hmm. then you're finishing it there, you know, I'd be. Well, it's kind of like an echo, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's good a, to review. It is good to read. And really, a lot, of the, a lot of our listeners on Sunday morning are different than Monday morning, so that's one reason why I do that. Now, when you say they're different, what do you mean? Well, some I are mean, brighter than no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> some are brighter than others. Just kidding. Lord Jesus. No, just. Ah, I can't go back. There's a 10-day delay, but I, or a 10-second delay, but I couldn't. I need a 10-day delay. Yeah, you need so I can get out of town. Yeah. That's Pack up and get out. That's yeah. so bad. That's so wrong. That's awful, isn't it? Yep. No, I just have different uh, people that tune in on Sunday mornings, and some more people are available on a weekday morning, right? Because Sunday morning everybody's in church, so you know it's not it's everybody. A, <laughs> not everybody's in not church. everybody, but but you know we would like to shout out to Catherine today, <clears throat> and Catherine, um, uh, she agreed with me. Yes. Oh, that's uh, yeah, right. She, she agreed did. with me on. Yes, the, but I straightened her out, and she came back to my side. Oh, I don't think so. I was watching back and forth and seeing how you all were talking about it. But <laughs> Catherine, uh, we appreciate you listening, and also yes. 
Um, I did see John and Cynthia's Christmas tree uh, on this past Friday night, and it was very pretty. Yeah, balcony, balcony lights, and and uh, yeah, I mean it's very pretty. Garland. Yeah, I know him. I do know a yeah, guy named I, Garland. I know Garland. I know a guy named Garland. I do too. He's passed away. Fellow artist. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. His yeah. name was Garlic. Garlic. They garlic. called him. They called him Garlic Barnyard. They but did. It, but it was Garland Burford. And <laughs> garlic they, barnyard. barnyard. Yeah, that's, that's what they. He was the vice principal at Stonewall Jackson uh, High School where I went, which was no longer a high school because Stonewall Jackson, I guess, offended people. Not until last year. It was like Stonewall Jackson was like uh, years and years and years of right. being Stonewall Jackson until last year, and it started offending the people. Started offending people are last year. Are you telling me the truth? I'm telling you the truth. I they had to change they, the name I of it. They, I thought they consolidated or something. They well, did. they had to change the name. It's West Side School now or something like that. They had well, to, and are you talking about a high school? Yeah. Where I went, it was Stonewall Jackson High School. And so last year it started offending people. Not 30 years ago, 40 years ago, it's just started like last year. They had to change the name. Man, political correctness. I know. It's don't get me started. I remember in high school, Mm -hmm. we would uh, do uh, things with uh, majorette bands and stuff, and they would carry carry their instruments like a rifle on the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Of course, John and Noah went to (coughs) school together. Well, we we uh, (laughs) we did you help him on the boat? We're the ones that vote on the mascot. Really? Yeah, we got together and they were asked us to put together a committee and and to give them some committee. That's a good church name. That's it. It is, isn't it? A board and a committee. A board and a committee. I just that (laughs) that brings my thoughts not very pleasant. (laughs) No, it does not. I like the word team. Ooh, team. It works a lot better. Yeah. Um. So, did you help much on the boat, or did you? Well, I I noticed you obviously were a stowaway. I I did. I did a little of the uh, tarring. The tarring and feathering? Yeah. The tarring part. <laughs> yeah. And I almost didn't make it. I had to go get something at the store. And then you made and it back then, just before the door raining, shut? It started raining. I'm going, oh. Well, you know, the thing I about it was, God shut the door. So that, mo- that means he must think a lot of you because God actually shut the door. So you made it. He let I you bet. in. Well, that's he he knew. <laughs> he knew it was going to be late. And well, that's nothing unusual. should never go to the store. And then I started thinking, did they do that on purpose? Send me the store during the flood, you know, so that yeah, you just don't know sometimes who you really can trust. And, and you know that a lot of people don't realize this, but Noah got sloshed after the boat landed. He did. He did. He, he oh. got sloshed. But if you're on the boat forty <coughs> days, forty days and nights with your mother-in-law, you know that probably <laughs> caused anybody to drink. Wonder if she was. Wonder if she was like. Uh, wonder what kind of woman she was. Are we there yet? <laughs> yeah. Just wonder, wonder well, what I, Noah's wife was saying. When is this going to be over? I've got to get out of here. When his wife gave him a hard time too, she said, "If it's going to rain, we we got to fix a place in our roof in our house." Really, I forgot about yeah, that. So she, she didn't get it, did she? <clears throat> no, just the, the light didn't come on. The wives of the Bible. Now think about this. <laughs> wives of the Bible. Okay, it never rained. Never rained at all. And mm, and yes. then Noah says it's going to rain. Right. So he's out there building a boat. You know, people probably thought he was nuts. Oh, you think? You know, yeah. And that's a long time to be nuts, too. A hundred years to build it. That took a long time. That's a lot of work. Well, then, then you look at Abraham. Abraham goes into his wife and says, hey, we're moving. 
because I've heard from God. And mm-hmm. she's like, well, who's God? Now, you go to Cynthia or I go to Christy and say, honey, we're moving because I've heard from God. And mm-hmm. they never heard from God. And so I guess they're all packing up and moving. Yeah, she'd want to see it in the Bible somewhere. Yeah, she's, she'd want, yeah she yeah, probably said, show me. Show me the address. Yeah, <laughs> where, where is it? So, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's some neat things that, that women had to go through in the Bible. You know, one thing that I'm amazed about <clears throat> is um, who was the first person? I'm going to quiz you here. Who was All the first right. person at the tomb? The woman. It was Mary. Mary, yeah. Mary was at sure. the woman. Oh, it was at the well. So, uh, not <coughs> the well, but at the uh, tomb. Okay, so here's this. Think about this. She she took all the the ingredients because um, that's a, a custom that they had, you know, to uh, to I guess help preserve the body. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did she know that she was going to be able to get in there? Because the rock was so big, yeah, and she's taking all this stuff with her. How did she know she was going to be able to get in? Good question, John. Do you have an answer? I don't. I haven't talked to her. Not lately. Yeah, no, not lately. So I don't know, you know, for sure. But these are just questions, you know, questions that, you know, I think are interesting. Don't you think it's interesting? Because she took her stuff with her. It's fascinating. She took her stuff with her. And there's an answer somewhere. Got to be. Yeah, there's somebody that uh, maybe she was going to ask the guards to let her go in to do that. Then they would have had to roll it back. Yeah. You know, and that stone was big from what I understand. Does it tell you how they moved the stone? It does not. doesn't say that. I don't think it does. <clears throat> but anyway, well, <laughs> John Sandy, the this rock. is part one of, and it happens to be we're talking about the rock. So I hope that rock doesn't fall on you because you're, you know, talking about being shaken. Well, I'm trusting you. See. You're trusting me. Trusting me the picture doesn't fall. <laughs> <laughs> the picture doesn't. Well, it sounds like you had a great time. We did. <clears throat> well, it's so good to be with you all this morning on the John John Show. And we are starting a new series, so I hope you'll stick it out with us and follow through and hope it <laughs> encourages you some. It's like oh, misery here? Is that what oh, this man, is? Oh, man, this it's is like, like stick it out. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. So, yeah, there's coming a shaking. This is uh, part one on our new series. And uh, you might think that I did this because of what just happened in uh, Jerusalem and uh, Israel. And at Maine and different things. No, this is something I felt like the Lord wanted me to get into. And hopefully, very apropos, right? Hopefully, it uh, might encourage you. And we're going to break down different types of shakings and let us look at them, as I said to our class. As we share on these things, look at your life and see all the, you're going to look at something and say, oh, was that a shaking? That must have been a shaking I just experienced last week. And there are different types of shaking. There's good shakings. There's bad shakings. There's shakings that God will take us through and, and things that happen because we live in a world that's fallen. And then there's a final shaking coming because God handles things differently in the New Testament and the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we were under the law. And, boy, it's, God showed up, you know, whenever we missed it. And uh, in the New Testament, we're under grace. So there's a final shaking coming. God, God's judgment is coming is coming, and uh, we need to be ready, right? So one way to be ready is to recognize the shaking so that we can prepare for them and that we're not moved by the shaking. And I've said before, in teaching this series, you can have a shaking without being shaken. And we'll talk more about that. There are many ways in which we all are tested in life. When we are shaken, some designed by Satan to defeat us, loves to get in our 
um, our thought life and our actions and our daily life and throw things at us to try to get us off track and to discourage us. Some that touch our lives because we live in a fallen world. As I mentioned a while ago, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. If you go back a little bit, it says the sunshine and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. So there are those things that will hit your life that you didn't plan, but God works them together for good. The others result from our own choosings in life. And this is a tough one. If you find that you're going through things because of decisions you made that may didn't have a lot of wisdom. And finally, a shaking that God will be doing when he judges the world. And I mentioned that. So let's get started. How we respond to the shakings in our lives will ultimately prepare us for God's final shaking. So the things we go through in life every day really are preparing us for future shakings, future events, and, of course, the final shaking. Because we don't have to be moved, folks. We don't have to live in fear. We don't have to um, just hang on to the things that we experience through our flesh and our five senses. There, There's a knowing about our God that prepares us that when these things come, we're not as shaken by them as we used to be. God is waiting for the church to rise up. But first, the church has to wake up. And before that, the church has to be shaken. So you're in bed silently sleeping. You're sleeping through life spiritually and God gives you a little nudge or there's a little shaking in your life that comes through just living in a fallen world. And that shaking helps to wake us up. But what are you doing with it? What are you doing with your shaking? Are you learning from them? Or do you continue to have many of the same shakings in life? God wants us to rise up as a people of God to walk with him through the shaking. I'd rather be with him through the shaking than alone, wouldn't you? God will use or cause to work together our shakings in our lives if we allow it to wake us up and then respond to the call within each shaking. I have identified four types of shaking, so I'm going to share them with you. Now, you can break them down many more, and I have subtitles that I slip in there under these four. So let's just lay them as four for now. Number one, a divine shaking of judgment from God. Now, that's the one we'll cover later that God is going to do. Secondly, a natural or unprovoked shaking that challenges us to choose direction. There are things that are going to happen in your life, and as we go through this, you're going to probably, in your own mind, hopefully break down experiences you have into what type of shaking it was. So there are natural shakings. We live in a fallen world, right? There are, there are things that just happen. You haven't done anything wrong. But I will encourage you on one thing. As you learn more about God and get closer to Him and learn more about shakings, you will find yourself through experience and revelation and word of knowledge, you will find yourself more prepared for shakings, those natural shakings that come your way. Like you lose your job at work or you, your, your budget's low and you don't have enough money or you, th- things happen where people blame you for something you didn't do. And that's why I think, God, where are you? God is right there. And if you will lean not to your own understanding and your ways of looking at shakings and look in the way God does, then you'll realize that God is the author of life 
and knowledge and wisdom, but not the author of confusion like the devil is. Shakings can really confuse you and cause you to doubt. Well, what you want to do is take those shakings and cause you to press in closer to the Lord than you ever had before, to spend more time in praise and worship, spend more time with Him in, in the Word. See, shakings can drive you to God, or shakings can confuse you or discourage you and cause you to give up on God because you think God did the shakings. Folks, we need to know when shakings take place in our life, which one are not of God. Sometimes God gets credit where credit's not due. But sometimes there are things that go in our life that God will use. He didn't cause them, but he'll use them. The only shaking that God causes is the final shaking. All the other shakings come naturally because we live in a fallen world or decisions we make or the devil's attacking you because you are on target. And if we can identify these shakings and understand what they are, they'll encourage you in in an unusual sort of way. They'll encourage you that, wow, my God is with me. And then when he sees you through the shaking and you grow, I I I told my daughter the other day, I said, hey, when you go through things like this, this is where you grow. You know, when things are always rosy and good and we're having a great time, those are awesome times. But from experience— in, in my own life, the growing comes where iron sharpens iron. The, the, the growing comes whenever you're challenged and you choose God. The growing comes whenever you can lean on the Word of God by faith and see the storm through, see the shaking through, and find out the end looking back. And we all know about the wisdom of hindsight, right? You look back and you see how God took you through that, and what happens? Your faith grows. Now you're prepared for more shakings, more than you were before, because you chose him. And number four, shaking prepared by the enemy to test our resolve. I think I missed three. Number three, a shaking that is the result of sin. We talked about that, and we'll get into that. And then fourth, a shaking prepared by the enemy to test our resolve. Folks, in a kind of unusual sort of way, that's, that's a blessing, Because if you're a threat to Satan, that means you're doing something right, and that means God is using you, and you are moving mountains, and he doesn't like it. So he tries to throw things in our path. Sometimes he'll use your best friend. Sometimes he'll use your job situation. Sometimes he'll take someone that um, is just a burr in your saddle. They just seems like every time you're around, they have something critical to say. And Satan will take these people in your lives and throw things at you through them. You may recall, I may have mentioned this, that you know the spirit it must operate through flesh to operate in this world. Let me say that again. The spirit must operate through flesh to operate in this world. Now, he can attack your mind. He can throw thoughts at you. But he can't read your thoughts <clears throat> because that's spirit and flesh, see? And he can't do that. But God used his own son to bring the spirit into the world. And on the day of Pentecost, the spirit, when he left the spirit on the day of Pentecost, the spirit came and dwelt in us through the apostles and in our lives today. Even the ones that were the, the legion in the man, they said, can we go into the pigs? The pigs have more authority in this world than the demons do. They can't make you do a thing. Only when we give them permission, we give them authority through our body. So they need that. So 
there is a shaking coming, and I'm sure it's already happened to you already, where the enemy is testing your resolve. So let's start out. Number one, a divine shaking of judgment from God. First, let us better understand when judgment is uh, appropriate. Okay? There is a fine line between judging others and rebuking sin. Now, I'm getting to a little area you may not expect me to get into. But when you think about judgment and God judging the world, we also need to understand our role in judgment. And how we play that role as Christians, it's vital. It's very critical because God can't work through a critical spirit. And sometimes we think it's our job to judge things when all we are are being very critical. And that's carnal. So there's a fine line between judging others and rebuking sin. We're to rebuke sin daily, every day, all the time. Rebuke it. Cast it out. Speak to mountains. But judging others Let's get into that a little bit. Well, you must be careful not to judge people outside of the Christian faith. Did you hear that? We are not called to judge anybody outside the Christian faith. I heard a great man of God say that we should treat everybody like they're in victory. In other words, let love lead the way. Folks, if you cannot love the way Christ wants you to love, then you need to back off on your witnessing to to strangers and things because There's such a thing as an anointing. There's such a thing as a leading of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we get in the flesh and think, we'll just go out and just witness to everybody, bang, 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 same routine, same phrases, same everything. No, God is anything but routine. God is anything but ho-hum, here we go again. You can read the Bible over and over again. You can raise your hand, I'm sure. You can read the Bible over and over again. And get something new almost every time. It's, it's awesome. Because the depths of God's knowledge portrayed to us through the Word of God just gives us the service. But as you go deeper with God, then God will take you deeper in His Word, and He'll show you that there's much more in that Word than you read 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 2 years ago, 1 week ago. You're going to learn as you go deeper with God, the Word of God goes deeper in you. Let me say that again. As you go deeper with God, the Word of God goes deeper in you you are going to find out that there are tremendous amount of knowledge that God wants to share with you. And he may give it to you some simple scripture that you've read over and over and over again, but he just keeps revealing more and more and more to you. And how does he do that? He does that through a willing vessel. The greatest thing you'll ever be is available, right? So there's a fine line, but when you get to working with people, make sure you're, 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 you're seeking God. Make sure you're praying earnestly. See, when the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, that means stay in fellowship. It means stay in His living Word and His written Word. What do I mean by a living Word? Where God expounds upon the written Word and gives you revelation. He does it. It's amazing how he does it. He will just give you a word from the Word of God, the Bible, and then he will give you knowledge about that word that just you causes you to expound on it in ways that makes it click that people can understand it. So you can share that living word with them. So going back to judging, we're not to judge the unbeliever. We are to love them and live it in front of them. Now, what do you mean by don't judge? That means that they sense the love of God in your life that they feel safe with you. 
Now, you're not condoning anything, so don't get that wrong, folks. Don't get the impression that just because you love people unconditionally and you don't judge them that you're condoning. So that's a trick of the devil. He'll tell you that a lot, that, oh, you're just condoning what they're doing. No, when you live it, in, now listen to this, when you live the Word of God in front of people, that living Word that projects from your knowing the written Word, you project that, and I tell you right now, and the people have experienced this a lot. I'm sure a lot of you have experienced this. You're in a work situation with a lot of people that live in the world, and all of a sudden one of them says a, a foul word, and they turn to only you, and they say, I'm sorry. I apologize for saying it. Why'd they do that? Because they see your life in front of you. They see you walk it out. They see how you respond to stress. They see how you love someone that's in need. They saw how you gave of yourself unselfishly and beyond your prosperity, but from your need. They see that, and they know that you're different, and that wasn't appropriate in front of you. Folks, you live it in front of people. You walk it out, and you praise the Lord. Listen, folks, it's always in order to praise God. It's always in order. You, you, even if people don't like it, now you want to use wisdom, but you don't want to be like a, a jackhammer or a machine gun just going, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, all the time. You don't, want, you don't be goofy. You don't get goofy, folks. You know, get yourself, get yourself out of that can of mixed nuts. You know, find your, yourself with a balance in your life and wisdom. Pray for wisdom. He says to pray for it. And live it in front of people. Someone says, well, how are you doing today? Well, I want to thank the Lord. He's really helped me today. That generally does not offend people. Now, if you go pressing in the flesh and try to make your point, then, yeah, you can stir some waters and cause problems. But live it in front of them, love them the way Christ loves them, and I tell you, it will draw them in or cause them to pull away. Now, pulling away doesn't sound good, but it may be a decisive moment in their life where they're actually thinking about what you're living, and now they're thinking about it, and all, right off the top of their head, the flesh resists it, but when they get home when they're alone, they're chewing on it. So you be encouraged. Just love people, unbelievers, love them just where they're at. Live it in front of them. See, that's, what, that's the part we miss. We fail in front of people. So we are to leave that with God, that part with God. Let him, let him do the changing. You be the example of what it looks like to change. He will judge the wicked. He's going to do it, folks. It's coming one day. And when it comes to a, another believer, let's talk about believers now. We talked about lost, right? And how we treat believers. Let's see what we're supposed to do. And when it comes to another believer, we still must be very careful that we always operate in love. I mentioned that love will always help to keep us spiritually balanced and pure in our thought life and our actions with other believers. Now, let me stop for just a second. I want to explain something to you. It says we love always, and and, uh, it says here, let me go back to the beginning of the sentence here. Uh, and when it comes to another believer, we still must be very careful that we always operate in love. Now, you all know the love chapter. Okay, we all know 1 Corinthians 13. We know the love chapter. Now, let's think about this for a minute. It says, if you could speak with uh, the voice of angels and have not love, you're like a sounding brass. Now, it didn't say that you could speak the, the language of angels and not love. He didn't say that. It said, if you could. If you could and, ha- and didn't have love, you'd be like a sounding brass. 
And if you could move mountains and did not have love, you would be this and that. It's not saying you can do both together. You can't. Because love leads the way. It says in the Word of God, of these things, the greatest is what? Love. Folks, we've got to learn to love like Christ's love. And how do we do that? We establish a relationship with Him. We learn about His love. And then He causes us, our hearts to be broken, our hearts to be tenderized, so that when we're with people that are going through things, our heart breaks with them. Weep with those that weep, rejoice with those that rejoice. So, with you're with other believers, be very careful. You can hurt and damage believers, especially new believers. Be very careful not to jump on them. When you were trying to walk as a baby and you fail, did God say? Did your parents say, "What is wrong with you? Don't you know? Haven't you seen us walk to know what to do?" No, you don't do that. You pick them up and you clap your hands, say, "Great job," and they try again. Well, <clears throat> being that way with new believers, be very careful. Be careful. The Bible tells us about the little ones and how dangerous it is to offend the little ones, right? And so when it comes to other believers, please be very careful with new ones especially. Now, other believers. Now, folks, as we mentioned, a can of mixed nuts, you and I both know if you go to church, you got a can of mixed nuts there. <clears throat> you got all kinds of people there. Some that are different levels in their walk with God, some that are not walking it out, that are living basically hypocritical lives where they <clears throat> teach Sunday school, but they're living with someone that they're not married to. Just you have all kinds of things going on. So how do you handle those people? <clears throat> Again, always with love first. Folks, I'm telling you, you got to get acquainted with Jesus. you got to understand his love for you so that you will know how to love others that way. And so we're not, we are not, listen, I have this expression, I don't know if I have it in here or not, but if you're going to uh, judge righteously, then you better live righteously. Let me say that again. If you're going to judge others righteously, you better live righteously, because sometimes we disguise our judgment. You know, we had that old joke, if you say God bless them or bless their hearts, then now you can gossip about them because you said that, or you say let's pray for them, you turn your prayer session into a gossip session. <clears throat> so my, my, my uh, suggestion is as a believer, we already talked about how you handle new believers and unbelievers, and how do you handle the rest of the church? If you're going to be a, if you're going to judge something, you better make sure that you are judging righteously, and you better make sure that you are walking righteously, because you know what's going to happen if you fulfill those two things, you're not going to judge. <laughs> so if you understand living a righteous life, and understand the love of Jesus for you, then you are going to treat others that way, and you're not going to judge. Now Jesus, Jesus judged righteously. You know, he made his own whip and went into the temple twice. And there was a time for that, but that was Jesus. See, you and I have to be very careful. Now, taking a stand for Jesus, resisting the devil so that he'll flee, and standing against sin, there is a right way to do that. And you have to learn through wisdom and through understanding the love of Christ how you do that. Okay? We always operate in love. Love will always help to keep us spiritually balanced 
and pure in our thoughts and our minds towards others. There is a correct way that we should judge other believers. Number one, it is the last thing that you want to do. Now, this is what I meant earlier when I said, if you live a righteous life, if you understand the love of God for you and how merciful he's been to you, if you really had that revelation, then the last thing you want to do is judge someone. That's a clue. If it's easy for you to judge people, if you find yourself doing things that it just just comes natural for you to pick things out on people. Do you ever meet people that they see the smallest things you do wrong and bring it up? Yeah, they're, they're out there, folks. <laughs> so number one, when you're ready to judge, first thing is, it'll be the last thing you want to do. See, that's a clue. Number two, our words are wrapped up in so much love, which leaves all of us involving which leaves all of us involved desiring help, encouragement, and hopeful. And to be hopeful, let me read that again correctly. Our words are wrapped up in love, which leaves all those involved desiring help, encouragement, and hopeful. And are hopeful. See, I, there's two things I mentioned yesterday in our class that one thing that should always happen when you walk away from people, they should know that they're love and that there's hope and there's encouragement. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to receive it, but that's your job is to leave them with that. I was in a situation where I was working in a hospital, and I, uh, man, I was just, God just helped me to love and pray for and witness to so many people in the hospital. I went to one of my pastors. I said, Pastor, I'm just really, really amazed. I haven't had anyone get offended with me yet. And he said to me this. He said, John, it's kind of hard to wrap that much honey around something and get offended. He knew I loved them, that my heart was sincere, and I was trying to walk in wisdom, and God would open up doors that I didn't try to open. God did, and had wonderful experiences. I'd love to share them sometime. So right there is where we're going to stop. But don't judge the, un, the lost. Don't judge the new believer. Be careful. And don't judge the others, the rest of the gang in the church, that we call believers because we understand how God has been merciful to us and how much he loves us. And so we just need to be a positive influence in your church. Folks, if you're causing negative things in your church, God help you to sit down until you get the love of Christ in your heart because we're not called to judge each other. We're called to love each other, and then God works through us, and as the doors open in their heart, we can move right in and help them, encourage them, and, and teach them things. And there are those times when the pastor or someone in authority, especially those, <clears throat> deal with issues, and it has to be done. It has to be. Paul dealt with them. It has to be done. But it needs to be done. If you're going to judge, judge. Now, remember this, folks. If you're going to judge, judge righteously. And if you're going to judge righteously, make sure you are righteous in your judgment. We'll say it one more time because this is critical. If you're going to judge, make sure you judge righteously. And in order to judge righteously, make sure you are living righteously. That will settle a lot of cases right there. Thanks for being with us today. That's just our first part on There's Coming a Shake. We'll do part two next week. And hope you'll join us and let us know. Let us know you're out there. Let us know. Give us your, your city, state, city, country you're listening from. If you have a prayer request or a praise report or just a simple comment to let, you, let us know you're there, we really appreciate that. And please share this. If any of this helps you, 
If you share it, it might help someone else. It's your missionary. As John would say, your missionary job for the day is when you share. And we appreciate it so much. John's going to come on and tell you just a little bit about how you can stay in touch with us. If you want us to come out and minister to your church, uh, my wife and I minister, or the church, John, others minister to the church. Let us know how we can help to help build up the body of Christ. This is all about Jesus, folks. It's not about us. It's all about him. And we're so glad you're with us. If you're lost or backslidden or rolling around in the mud and you're you're discouraged or you've gotten saved but you're just kind of you're stuck, you're not moving forward or you not you feel like you're not growing as you should, I encourage you to call upon the name of Jesus. Invite him into your heart. Review his promises. Get in his word. Tell someone you've made a decision to go off for God and Pray for God to bring people in your path that will encourage you to find the right church that there's preaching the true word of God that's challenging you every Sunday. So I encourage you to call upon his name and give him, your, give him your life and tell him that you believe in him and you know that he died for you and raised on the third day and that he, you invite him into your heart to have full control in the name of Jesus. And so blessings, we speak blessings on you. If we're to bless our enemies, we certainly can bless those that are on the same team, right? So we bless you today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being with us. Great job, John Sandy, on part one. And so we're excited about the other seven coming up. So just tune in. Hey, thank you for praying for us and supporting our ministry. And you can do that by texting the word PULSE, P-U-L-S-E, to one 244 3187 Go to the give through PayPal, or also check out our website while you're there. And then you can mail your love gift to P.O. Box 141, Gasaway, West Virginia, 26624. Thanks for listening and watching the Pulse WV Live, a network that beats to the heart of God. And have a great day. Share, like, and subscribe.